1: Test in the stands! But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna uh, freeze Wait!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Points in the Paint Podcast, everybody. We are Stadium's NBA podcast, sponsored by Stadium. We're Stadium's number one podcast. Got a lot of basketball to talk about. Ben Wittenstein.
1: Zach Badger House is
0: in the house. Zach, rock and roll. Almost New Year's. Almost New yes, Year's. Is. We made it through Christmas twenty two, mm-hmm. and we got New Year's on the way. Christmas games were fun. I enjoyed the Christmas games. They went on without a hitch. There was no COVID issues. Luckily, that postponed or stopped any of the games. They were actually really, really fun to watch, especially the, the Warriors and the Suns game.
1: Warrior Suns game was very good. I did enjoy the, the game I enjoyed the most was the Boston Celtics Milwaukee Bucks game. That's the game I enjoyed the most because the Milwaukee Bucks had to fight back and actually, um, come back in that, uh, second half of that game in order for them to win that game. So, uh, kudos to the Bucks, you know, winning over the Celtics, a team that kind of started off hot in that game. Um, the Jazz game wasn't too exciting at the end of, you know, the whole rundown for the slate. But yeah. uh, Donovan Mitchell, he was he was balling. He was balling. Yeah, ballin'. he was
0: fun to watch. I mean, Giannis, too. You talk about that Celtics game. 36 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. He was, he was Giannis. He was Giannis in the second yeah, half. He's coming he back from being on the COVID <laughs> list. And he's just the same exact Giannis that we're used to. It was pretty impressive just to see him come back. First game back after missing five games, I think. And he's just the same old Giannis. Right back where he left off.
1: Then the Kemba story, obviously, as you know, he's returned to the lineup and what he's been able to do for the New York Knicks, despite, you know, he had 44 points before Christmas. But I do want to say, you know, we're going to get to it later on, but I am three and three. And, you know, my money line of the week did hit over the Knicks. just want to oh, throw yeah. that out there, you know. But he did score 44 <laughs> points, you know, against the Washington Wizards' Kimball Walker. And so, you know, he's coming along since returning to the lineup. Yeah. It was a fun to see him have that triple-double on uh, on Christmas.
0: Don't forget, you can call our voicemail line, 773-273-9088, 773-273-9088. We will play your voicemails. On the podcast, love to hear from Points in the Painters. We had a lot of talk about Cleveland last week and Darius Garland, who, you know, you could talk about an all-star game for Garland. And unfortunately, now he's mm-hmm. on the COVID list yeah, for Cleveland, yeah, I saw that. which is you know. unfortunate for him, unfortunate for Cleveland, because they just got Evan Mobley back as well. And then they go and they lose Garland for a couple games.
1: And now they have to rely on the veteran, Kevin Love. He's been kind of stepping up for him lately. Because, you know, we really weren't including him in that front court. We we were talking That's about, true. you know, Evan. You Larry kind of forget marketing. about him. Yeah, Jared Allen. They just kinda put Kevin Love like on the bench like we'll play you (laughs) sometimes. Like I don't understand the scenario over there. It's not like it's a um like a John Wall situation in Houston or anything. They can actually play and, you know, utilize Kevin Love. They've been doing that lately and so it's kinda paying off.
0: His situation is wild to me. He's just kind of—he's been there since LeBron. Just LeBron there, leaves, yeah. Kyrie leaves, and Kevin Love's like, "I'll just stay in Cleveland, just I guess." Stay in Cleveland. It's wild. It's out of all the cities, out of all the teams, that you just imagine a guy who'd be like, "I'm cool no. here." Cleveland is not high on that list.
1: But keep Noah. <laughs> I know.
0: All right, let's do one big thing of the week. Just one thing. One thing. Mm. Our one thing that uh, we saw from this week that we uh, that we liked or, or wanted to talk about. And Zach, for me, you're going to mention this a little bit later in the show, but I think we have to start talking about Russell Westbrook. we okay. got to talk about Russ because he's been making headlines. Carl Anthony Towns has been making headlines about Russell Westbrook. And the issue is, and the issue from me watching a lot of Lakers games this year, he's, he's not good. He's not good for the Lakers. I, I don't Holy. think he's good for any team. In the NBA, he'll get the stats, he'll get the points, he'll get his rebounds, he'll get the assists, but he's he's not a helpful player to these teams. He makes really dumb decisions down the stretch, and you know I think the perfect example of that was in the game where the Lakers needed three. He drove, attacked the basket, and went for a slam dunk when LeBron James was wide open in the corner. And not only did he not get the dunk, he got stuffed by the rim, and the Lakers end up losing. So. I I just don't know. And I think that's indicative of just the type of player that Russell Westbrook has become. I don't know if you could say he has always been this way, but this is kind of the way Russ is now where he ends up just being a net negative to the team, despite putting up stats.
1: You know, his plus minus, I I was, so it was very bad these last few games. It's been very bad for Russell Westbrook. And, yeah, it's looking like the fit doesn't necessarily fit as it relates to Russell Westbrook and the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James, AD, and the crew. Now, I know everybody wants to just pile up and just hammer on Russell Westbrook because he hasn't played well as of late, and he is inconsistent because, you know, he did have that stretch with Westbrook where it looked like he was coming along and he was playing well, but then he kind of got, he lapsed into that, you know, turn the ball over. He really has kind of just been turning the ball over, you know, nonstop,
0: honestly. His turnover percentage is the highest of his whole career this year, actually, mm -hmm. 19% turnover percentage. That's not good. It's not.
1: And in the Lakers, you know, a season ago – Lakers were 23 and 11 within what 34 games. They're currently 16 and 18. Their offense is very bad. It's like 27th in the NBA. And so their net rating is like, I think the last year was fifth. This year it's like in the mid twenties, like 23rd. And so like, and then they don't, they can't shoot. Russell Westbrook is a pivotal reason for that. You know he struggles to shoot behind the three point line, and so when you have all that coming along, it's like it's not looking like a good fit. I saw a scenario where you could possibly trade him for John Wall, but I feel like you could get that's getting the same type of player, and so I'm not sure if that would even make sense or it would even work, honestly.
0: Yeah, I have seen that, and I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know why. Houston, I don't know why either team would do that at this point. I mean, I think John Wall would probably be a little bit of an improvement over Russell Westbrook at this point. His, I'm just looking at his stats, his efficiency. This is the second worst season he has had in his career in terms of efficiency rating. And the first one, the first worst was his rookie season.
1: I knew so that's it was his year, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not a great look for Russ. You know, his win shares are down, his usage is, you know, roughly the same. It it, he's just he hasn't been good. He it's it's the classic stat stuffer. And when he was averaging a triple double per game when he won his MVP, I was the first to defend him and say, you know, he's not looking to stuff stats. These are actually like he's actually getting these rebounds. He's working hard to get the assists. And I think that was true at the time. But now you look at him now, and it's just he's not doing things that are good in the flow of the offense. They're not good for the team. He's making really dumb decisions at times that are very uncharacteristic. It's just—it's weird. He—he's not the Russ that we're used to seeing, and the stats back that up.
1: In terms of like the triple double, and people always saying like him stuff in the stat sheet or looking to looking to you know chase stats, I don't necessarily agree. With the Russell perspective, and we'll get into this later on, but it's just as far as like effort, rebound is all effort. Like getting on the glass is effort. Now I know sometimes guys box out or another guy can get a rebound, and we'll we'll get into that. But for the most part, with Russell, like I've seen Russell get on offensive glass. And get offensive rebounds and get second chance points. Like I've yeah. like I've witnessed that, I've seen that, and so you know those type of that's like effort. You know, I, you know, you categorize. Oh yeah, categorize he that fights.
0: Like I mean, effort. he fights hard for rebounds. I mean, you'll you'll watch mm-hmm. him rebound. He's he's a fighter for a rebound. He positions himself well. So I, I at least for the rebounds, he's not trying to stuff the stats. It's just I, I don't I don't know if he's necessarily a stat stuffer. He does get the points. and he works to get the rebounds. I just he's not effective. Right? Like that's what yeah, it, no,
1: when it's, it's all said and done, yeah, like it's sometimes it's empty stats.
0: Yeah, it's empty stats, empty calories, not efficient, he's not effective. And you'll get the numbers, but it's just – they don't
1: do it, it much turn out to Yeah, it doesn't turn out to a win or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And a lot of it, too, is his defense. He plays horrendous defense at times. I mean, there, there was a couple times during the game on Christmas where he was just kind of sitting there. His man was wandering into the corner and got a three-pointer because Russ was just – Yeah, kinda- Russell
1: wanders on defense. He definitely has a tendency to wander because he's not – I'm not going to say he's not as athletic – He's not as athletic as before where he can't play the passing lanes, but I think that's what is something he was looking to like try to do this season more often than not. And he's kind of just been a, like a guy that's been wandering. But another guy on that team that also does that is Rondo. Rondo does that often too, like where he kinda just like he kinda wanders where if he's not guarding anyone, he'll just be there and his guy'll be opening the corner for a three. But the Lakers do that in general. Like every damn player like it almost like just gives up a three because they're because they're lost, especially LeBron.
0: I mean, the thing is, I, I don't know if this is because they have a bunch of veterans on the team and they're just like, it's the regular season. Maybe behind. once the playoff starts, <laughs> like I, I'm still kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt. Once the playoffs start, maybe they'll turn everything up to 100 percent and they will be a better team. I don't know. But it's not a great look for them right now. And they're kind of hovering midway in the Western Conference. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm willing to give them a slight benefit of the doubt. They're all old guys. They're old grandpas. They're just trying to coast through the regular season. And maybe when the playoffs come, they'll finally turn up to 100%, but I'm not sure. Um, you have a team you're looking at for your one big thing.
1: Yes. my One big thing right now is the Atlanta Hawks, man. They're kind of struggling. I think they're like 12th in the East right now, you know, this was a team last year, obviously they were a top five team in the Eastern Conference right now, they're currently 12th I believe they lost their last two it's been very bad for them in terms of the pro health and safety protocols with guys catching yep. COVID on their team, they've now missed 13 players as of now, I know Bogdanovich, he has Ooh. entered the health and safety protocol as of late for that team and Trey Young had just returned so they got guys in and out Collins is out, notable name they're picking up guys from off the street. I saw a guy that used to play for Michigan last year. He's on the team now, <laughs> and I swear I thought he was the same guy that was playing for the Lakers last week. Listen, the replacement players—they're trying they're to just blend in at this <laughs> point from team to team. I saw Greg Monroe the other day. Yeah, he's back on. He's back on the team. But yeah, man. Well, the Hawks, Hawks plans. Mm, Yeah, exactly. And and so, you know, I think they had 85% of their roster missing when they played the Bulls this week. And so like, it's a very tough situation at three and seven in their last 10. And so like with the Hawks right now missing these players and all these tough, these tough games coming up, because I believe they play the Bulls again this week. And they have another tough opponent later on this week as well. I don't know how it's how they're going to be able to handle this. I know Nate McMillan's a good coach, and so he'll do the best that he can, but I'm not sure how they'll be able to overcome this stretch with all these players missing and the NBA not postponing any of their games.
0: I know. That's kind of the weird part. At least the Bulls got a couple games postponed because mm-hmm. they had COVID issues. With, with Atlanta, the NBA is just like, nah, you're going to have to deal with it. And I think it's unfortunate for Atlanta because their COVID issue came after the Bulls COVID issue, which came before the NBA saying, you know what, you're gonna have to get the the replacement players and you're just gonna have to deal with it. When the Bulls got it, it was all kind of new. You didn't really see it decimating teams like it did to the Bulls, so the NBA said, All right, we'll put this on hold. But now it's kinda like every man for himself, right? The NBA said, You gotta go get replacement players and you gotta play with them. That's that's gonna be the deal. So the the Hawks kinda got screwed by that. And they are a good team when fully healthy. And Yeah yeah. They have struggled to be healthy for the past couple of years. I mean, that has been the issue. This is a little bit different because it's COVID. But on the bright side, as long as everyone stays relatively healthy after getting COVID, they're going to be probably set by playoff time, fully healthy, all their roster intact, and they're going to be a dangerous team. I don't think this stretch is like indicative of how good they actually are, but it's not doing great for their playoff Chances, right? Because, let's see, you look at the standings. 12. The Hawks are, yeah, they're in 12th, as you said, and it's not great that they're losing all this ground. They obviously have to get to the 10th spot to have a chance at the playoffs. Right now, they're half a game out of 10th, but. But they're a spot? better team than the play in. I
1: think that's oh, my yeah. biggest concern is that they're a way better team than the play in scenario, and they're currently sitting outside of that. I think that's my biggest concern.
0: Yeah, they're still two games out of the 8th spot where they wouldn't have to play the playing games. So they, they're going to have ground to make up but once they're fully healthy I, I think they're one of the more dangerous teams in the nba yeah of course but they have to be healthy <laughs> that's the problem
1: mm-hmm. and that's that that's goes for you know basically every team right now and you know yeah. i was thinking about this earlier being as it relates to the health and safety protocol and i don't want to come off the wrong way when i say this but i think it's good in a sense that you know some of these players are coming up with COVID, you know, as long as they, you know, beat it and, you know, it's nothing so serious or anything like that, you know, even afterwards. I think early in the season, I think it's kind of good that they're, you know, getting into the health and safety protocol. So when they return later on, you know, after All-Star, after All-Star break and the games become more pivotal, more serious, you know, you know, teams kind of lock in, players lock in. If a lot of players have already been through health and safety protocol, you know, it'll give them more opportunity, more chances to really win those pivotal games down stretch of the season.
0: Yeah, they're basically building up immunity, right? You know, the NBA players are building up immunity and because a lot of them are vaccinated. And I mean, we said last week, I think it was like 62, 65 percent are boosted. And yep. probably now it's a little bit more. They should all be relatively safe. So if they're, if COVID is going to happen, and probably everyone is going to catch COVID, so they're going to catch it now, most of the league is going to have it. By the time playoff time comes, maybe that's good. M- maybe the teams will be able to at least stay fully healthy in terms of COVID and we'll have a fairly smooth run down the stretch, fairly smooth playoff race. That would be the key here at this point. And I think hopefully that's that's what happens. Let's do dunk or deny, Zach. And you can start this one off. What, what, what are you dunking on? Because I really like this. Ah,
1: I bet you do.
0: What do you like? <laughs> so I'm dunking on the
1: idea of Demar Derozan as an MVP candidate. Now, oh, yeah. if he can, if he can keep this up even until like post All Star break, he has to be a finalist. Like yeah. I know his teammates right underneath him, Zach Levine, in terms of scoring, they're fifth and sixth right now, neck and neck. But man, since DeRozan has came over to this team, like, this is a whole new identity alongside, of course, with the other pieces. But in terms of the, like, the main, like, reasoning for me into, like, the, Bulls, Chicago Bulls success right now, Being it's DeMar DeRozan, man. Like, he is getting buckets. He's getting buckets at the right moments. Clutch time, fourth quarter, final five minutes, putting teams away, getting guys involved. I love the slashing. They're the Slash bros. I don't know if anybody said it yet. But I'm saying it. They're the slash, bros. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. They be able to. They're able to find each other, cutting to the basket for you know wide open reverse layups. It's a, it's beautiful to watch. It's really exciting to watch the Chicago Bulls being in. DeMar DeRozan, man, he's playing so well. Nine games, thirty plus points, twenty seven a game, fifty one percent from the field. Man, he's playing lights out. Man, he's playing lights out.
0: It's such a good situation for him, right? I mean, he's in the perfect situation, and he was in a good situation when he was playing with Lowry, right? I mean, that was a really good pair, of course. And then he becomes the man in San Antonio. I don't think that was the right move for him because I don't think someone, someone of his caliber who's like at times pushing up against tier one ability of a player, but he's never there. You know, he's like right on the outside looking into like being a super, super superstar in the league, but he's just not quite there because I mean, he can't really hit the three consistently and he's had struggles on defense. But now he comes in, he plays with Zach Levine, one of the best scorers in the NBA right now. Allows him to maneuver a little bit more. He's stepped up his mid-range game, which was already fantastic. He's become yeah. a better three-point shooter, too. He's taken a higher volume of threes. And his defense, he's still not great, but it's his issues are hidden because they have Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso to help out on defense on the better guys. So all of this coming together, he doesn't have to guard the best players. All the attention is not always on him. He has thrived. You know, he has become the best version of DeMar DeRozan that probably could possibly exist, and that's a top 5 player in the NBA right now in terms of points, and that's probably a top 5 player in the MVP race this season.
1: Has to be. And that's why he's that's why I'm dunking on him, man. DeMar DeRozan Love is it. playing with so much confidence, so much poise, in like the like the final stages of the game, the final like the final minutes. That's what I've been like loving the most. Like he's going out there, I'm getting his bucket. I don't care yep. who's guarding me, LeBron, you can get it too. Like I just love that energy and that confidence that Demar Derozan has brought to the Chicago Bulls.
0: I love it. He's 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 awesome, and he's a guy I would. I'm happy. That you are happy with because he has been so fun to watch this season. <laughs> Another person and team that I'm loving and I'm dunking on is the Memphis Grizzlies, Zach. Mm-hmm. And we saw how good and dominant they were without Ja Moran. Ja comes back. They lose a game here and there, but I think they found their groove. They beat the Suns on Monday. They've already, yeah. they beat, look, listen to this. They beat the Suns on the road. They beat the Jazz on the road. They are fourth. In the Western Conference, they've mm-hmm. won seven of their last 10. They're on a four-game winning streak. or Excuse me, a two-game winning streak. They're in a great spot, and they got jobs oh, job. Yeah. And they, they're they still kind of without Dylan Brooks here and there. He's been out the past few games. Once he comes back and they get fully healthy, I mean, the the, the Grizzlies are the team that I think everyone almost expected them to be when they got Jaron Jackson, they got John Morant, and they paired him up, and they said, this team's going to be dangerous in a couple years that's the Grizzlies kinda of right now. We gotta talk
1: to Max again about the Memphis Grizzlies cause remember we <laughs> said, remember he was treading lightly as yeah. it relates to the Memphis Grizzlies and how, you know, he it was going to be a growing process. You know, maybe it'll take, a, you know, two or three years, maybe 2024, 2025 is what we'll really see the true potential of the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, they may have, the Memphis Grizzlies players, some of them may have heard the podcast and they made it. you thought, you know, they made a deal what they had to do to show yep. Max that, you know, we here now. Right now, top four team in the Western Conference and we're 10 and five against teams that with a, with a record above 500. They're playing lights out. Desmond Bain, he's like that hidden gem for them right now, shooting the ball with so much confidence, dropped like 30 points the other night in that win over the Phoenix Suns. And so yeah, I like what the grid and grind city is doing down there, man. And so kudos to John Morant. think they getting, they they're down there getting it done.
0: All right, I'm gonna deny another team. This is gonna be the okay. Indiana Pacers. Oh, and man. they're a team that doesn't get talked about a lot because they're middle of the country, they're Indianapolis, you know, they, they people really Pacers aren't on a lot of people's radars. But they're they're not good, Zach. They're not good. As someone who has A bet on them a lot, and B has some close friends who are Pacers fans. I get a lot of these Pacers news, and I watch a lot of Pacers probably more than other people should because it's not good for anyone's health to watch this team. But they're broken. They're they're a broken team. Um, And we saw Pritchard, their GM, come out and say – talking about rebuilding and talking about trading people away he said sabonis they need a new number one star and i think that offended sabonis which was an insane thing to say
1: oh i think after he said that i think sabonis had a good game after he said that too yeah if i recall correctly sabonis came out and had like a 20 point 12 plus rebound performance or something like that after those comments came out he did
0: and that's the weird thing too right like or Sabonis, he's a good player. I just I don't know if yeah. he's like you. You don't want him to be the number one guy. And, and like he was right, but I don't think you say that out loud. You don't say like our number one guy probably shouldn't be our number one guy. He's probably a better number two. Like you, you just don't say that out loud. You say that in, in meetings with your assistant GMs and everything like that. But they're they're working with Sabonis. Miles Turner is apparently upset. Brogdon <laughs> has been in and out of the lineup with injuries. It's not a good team. They don't work well together. Rick Carlisle, I don't think he really knows what he got into with this team because he's, he's struggled to to find good lineups. It's just, they're not good. They need to start moving players around. They need to get either draft picks or just get better players. LaVert is on and off. I, I I think I am out. I'm out on the Pacers, and maybe they'll have like a second-half resurgence. The team will come together because that would be a very Pacers thing to happen. But, Zach, at this point, I just I, I don't bet on the Pacers and it's it's tough to watch them sometimes cuz they just they do not look in sync they don't make good plays they're not some they're not a smart team sometimes they give up leads a whole lot of issues in Indy.
1: yeah sabona has been selling me in terms of like prop bets for like getting a double double or something like that you know he's been coming <laughs> yeah. up short for me lately but I will say this though, you know, we just never got a chance to see that lineup. You know, I know I've said that time and time again. We just never got a chance to see that lineup in and you know which lineup I'm talking about with Brogdon and LeVert and TJ Warren and Subonis and Miles Turner. See, we never saw that lineup coming to fruition. And if we had the opportunity to see that lineup at least 10 to 15 games, we may have be we would probably be talking about this team yeah. in a different way. You know, TJ Warren, he's been out and we've all, you've already mentioned Michael Brogdon in and out. Miles Turner, he's kind of just turned it off for he's this fine. team. We're just, you know, yeah. So it's just – it's a real struggle bus for them. And, you know, there's so much context to it with injuries, guys in and out. This GM, he's saying things he probably shouldn't be saying out loud. And so, yeah, it's a messy (laughs) situation out there in Indy for sure. But they do have the Colts to depend on, though. They 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 do have the Colts at least.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you have Rick Carlisle, and I think you're in a pretty decent space. He's made some questionable decisions here and there, but it's a tough team to make good decisions for. And having T.J. Warren back would be great for them, obviously, because of everything he did – what is it like two years ago now on that team was great and he was like the breakout star in the NBA and then he got hurt. And so he, he may not be back till after like the all star break. So they're going to need him back. And maybe once he's back, everything will kind of fall more into place. Sabonis will be the number two guy and you could have TJ Warren be that number one guy, but right now completely out on the Pacers. I, I think they're in a, they're not in a good spot. They're they're a team that's kind of in disarray. And right now they're thirteenth in the East and they are, let's see, two games out of that ten spot. So not looking great. Not looking great for the Pacers. They may be sellers around the trade deadline. Uh you are we're kind of going off that Russell Westbrook conversation though. You're denying that NBA players don't chase stats? Yes. No, 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 no. I'm denying
1: the idea that nba stars believe that they don't chase stats interesting so it's nba stars believe that they believe that they don't chase stats i'm denying that wholeheartedly because i just saw kemba struggle for like 3 4 minutes of that <laughs> fourth quarter in that game against the Atlanta Hawks to get that final rebound he needed to record that triple-double. And there was a moment where Todd Gibson got the rebound. It was like, oh, man, I messed it up for your opportunity. He still got the triple-double, but he could have had it sooner. But see, Todd Gibson realized that. So you know coming down, they're going to try to make sure Kimball Walker gets that 10th rebound. I would call that stat chasing, if you will. <laughs> yes. and I would call that stat chasing. We saw Steph Curry shoot Probably the worst stretch of his career to get that 2374 and counting. Tough stretch, but he was chasing a number, right? He was chasing a stat to surpass a record. I would call that stat chasing, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Porter was a rookie, got the triple double this season. And I remember. The Houston Rockets, his teammates were fighting hard to make sure he got that final rebound. And so it happens is basically what I'm trying to say. Like guys chase stats. I saw that Draymond came out after Kat said that Russ chases stats. And he said that, you know, Minnesota Timberwolves were down 20 to the uh, Golden State Warriors. And Carl Anthony Towns was still in the game. Probably shouldn't have still been in the game, but to each his own. I don't know what you're saying in that circumstance or how you come back from something like that, but you know, guys are in the game probably too long sometimes. But I also think, you know, that just goes all the way back to the Derrick Rose scenario, right? Derrick Rose in the game too long, yep. Towards ACL, yeah. Damn tips. damn.
0: Tips. I know that's always gonna that's always gonna haunt me forever and ever about Derrick Rose going down with that ACL. I just think you're gonna have these players who know their stats are important. Uh, especially when they're going for contracts, if they're going for records, if they're trying to stay top five in a specific stat category, you know, they're going to try to get those statistics. It's going to be on their mind. It's been happening since the start of basketball time. It (laughs) shouldn't be a surprise. And I, I don't fault Russ for being a stat stuffer at times. It was working for him. He got an MVP from it. You know, he's had some incredible statistics and people compared him to like Oscar Robertson. When you're doing that, you're doing something right. But if your team's not winning, You look stupid. That's when it
1: becomes the problem.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you look like an idiot, right? It's like that thing from Step Brothers where they go to the interview in tuxedos and he's liking it and it's going well and then it all goes loose and he's like, you know, those tuxedos don't look that good anymore. It's like that type (laughs) of thing. That's what Russell Westbrook is doing. So it's, I get it to an extent because all NBA players probably do it at one point or the other just trying to staff the the stuff the stat sheet. But if your team's losing and and you're kind of known as a guy who does that, it's not a great look.
1: It's <laughs> not a good so, look for us. So what do you want to see this week?
0: I want to see the Cavs stay afloat without okay. Darius Garland. And they're getting hmm. Mobley back, which I think is big because he, he has been a really big presence on that team. But I would like to see the Cavs continue to play well without Darius Garland. And the NBA, they changed their rules right of how long you can be out if you're vaccinated with COVID. It's five days now instead of ten. So the time's cut in half for how long Garland can be out, which is going to be good for the Cavs. But right now they're in fifth in the East. They've won seven of their last ten. They're a half a game out of fourth place where the Heat are. I, I just want them to stay afloat because they're a fun team, A. They're they're really fun to watch. They've got good players. And I think this is going to be another test, right? They're not going to have Colin they haven't had Colin Sexton all year. Still played well. They're not going to have Darius Garland for a couple games. Let's see if they can still play well. Let's see if if Evan Mobley can now have an opportunity to lead this team and maybe show off some of his scoring ability, too, along with the defense.
1: You know what's interesting about the Cavs right now? They still got some sneaky players in there that just come out and just perform. Like like, Kevin Love, like this mystery man just will be on the bench, and then they'll just put him in, and, and he'll be effective. Obviously, Ricky Rubio, but... We got to talk about that dunk from Isaac Okoro down oh. the lane over three people. <laughs> you know, I, mean? I love it's Isaac Okoro. A- yeah, if they could get some more flashes and some more plays out of him like that, that's really going to energize that team moving forward without Darius Garland because this is a, this is a nice team. They extended uh, Bickerstaff, staff, which was nice. I was, I was very pleased with that, you know, because yep. we weren't sure what the coaching scenario was really going to be like moving forward with the yep. Cavaliers. And so now with them having, you know, the head guy in charge for an extended amount of time and he's doing a good job coaching this team, giving these young guys some confidence. I want to see them stay afloat without Darius Garland, too, Ben. That
0: would be great. It uh, would be great. My <laughs> other thing I want to see is Kemba Walker. He's been great. I want to see him to continue to succeed because I love Kemba. I mean, the guy's great. He's fun. He had a fun college career. He was great. He is great in the NBA. Last four games, 26 points a game, shooting 40% from three. Seven nice. assists, eight rebounds. Like, he's almost averaging a triple-double in the last four games since coming back from being benched. I just want to see that continue. And the Knicks have actually looked okay, you know, recently. They they did a good job on the Hawks, bad Hawks team. They beat Detroit like they should. You know, they, they've they stayed close to some teams that they haven't stayed close to before. I, I, I think the Knicks aren't back. Oh, I just think they're kind of... They're not back. No, no, no. They're not back, Zach. They're not back. But they're turning a quarter. (laughs) I don't want to be the one that says the Knicks are back.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Well, that team across the bridge is who I want to see return all to the floor together. The Brooklyn Nets, where Brooklyn at, where Brooklyn at. Well, they're back. The big 3 have all returned in terms of being cleared from health and safety protocol. But there is a elephant in the room. We all know. Kyrie yeah. can't play in New York. No. And I believe they have a 3 game home stretch, so he wouldn't be eligible to return and play for the Brooklyn Nets Kyrie Irving until January 5th at Indiana due to New York's vaccine mandate. And so when you have that going on, it's going to be a while before we see all three a few games, but that is something I'm interested in seeing. Katie, Kyrie, and James Harden all return just to see what it's going to look like, what the chemistry level is going to look like, and all those sorts of things.
0: All right, let's do stat of the week. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> and my child, my son, my large adult boy <laughs> is our stat of the week, Zach. I'm excited. What is it?
1: So he posted where I, what I wish my vision was. You know what I'm saying? I wish I had 2020 vision, <laughs> but he had a 2020 performance 20 points, 20 rebound performance, 26 points, 22 <laughs> rebounds. Nikola Jokic, the Joker versus the Clippers this week. And they were able to get the dub and climb back to 500. That's a team battling with health and safety, obviously as well. They still have Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. is obviously out with the back injury. And so, you know, they're trying to stay afloat in the tough Western conference final, uh, tough Western conference right now. But I do want to just show your boy, your son, some Love love, the Joker with the 2020 performance.
0: He's the best. And the Nuggets are 5th in the Western Conference and they're 500. I mean, they've been up and down. They need Jamal back. And I think once they get Jamal back, oh my god, and they're going to turn into overdrive because they're a good team, a decent team right now, but if they can get everyone healthy, even Michael Porter Jr. back, they get Jamal Murray back and it's going to be just like an extra gear and they're just going to go because it's you know you you hear even NBA fans you're like I would love to watch Jamal Murray come back. I'm sure the Nuggets feel that Times 10. Yes. They need his offense. They need his point guard playback. Because Campazo, not cutting it. He is not cutting oh. it. He's fine in some places. He's okay. Yeah, he but he's not cutting his it.
1: Flashes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you not, don't want Campazzo.
0: <laughs> no, you don't want to rely on Campazzo. So Jokic has been holding it down. He's been having another, another MVP type of season. You know, he's, I think, someone who should be top five. In that MVP talk, he's averaging 26 points a game, almost 14 rebounds. He's averaging more rebounds than he has had in his entire career. Um, average wise, seven assists. You know, the stats are incredible for him. He's just, he's playing out of this world once again. So he's going to be in the MVP conversation with Damar and probably Giannis. So I, I wish the best because I like the Nuggets and I like Jamal and I like Jokic. And when they're all together, they're going to be a probably a dangerous team as long as the Nuggets can, can stay in the, in the hunt.
1: You know game what? of the week. Before we do game of the week, I just want to ask you a question. Give me five players right now for your in for like your MVP, like your top five MVP candidates right now.
0: And I think I would put Jokic. I okay. would probably put Giannis. Okay. Um, I would I would put Demar for sure. And what stinks is you know Kevin Durant I think was playing at that level as well um, in terms of. Just being an all-around incredible player for the team that he was on. I mean, he was what well, I think he was the NBA leading point scorer. Mm. So I I would probably throw Durant in there. Um, and then that fifth guy. I mean, there's a lot of people to choose from, right? I think Chris Paul is is up there, leading the league in assists, um, and and what he's been able to do in Phoenix this season. Um, Donovan Mitchell, kind of knocking on the door a little bit with the way oh. that he's playing.
1: Mm, you uh-huh. I said yeah. the guy. That's, That's crazy. <laughs> you would think Steph. like Luca
0: or something. <laughs> no, Steph, you ain't say yeah, Steph. you're right. You're right. Steph Steph would probably so I okay, let's go with this. Let's go top five in order. I would go I would go Steph, I would go Giannis, I would okay. go Jokic, I'd go Durant, and then Damar.
1: See my list would be I'd probably have KD first. Okay. And then I would probably have Steph second, Giannis third, DeMar DeRozan fourth, Embiid fifth. Now I know and and like Embiid Embiid or Jokic, like you could flip a coin for me in terms of them, because they're both playing well, you know, with teams that are shorthanded right now. So I would you know, and Embiid's had some solid games as played too. Now I yeah, know no, my man's off the twenty twenty for the start of the week, but 100%. you know, he's <laughs> been great too. I mean he's
0: been he's been putting up numbers. You know, he's had forty game forty point games, mm-hmm. you know, almost a forty point game against the Wizards. It was like thirty eight or something, high twenties against the Hawks. And he's been on fire. Um, maybe Ben Simmons being gone is kind of the blessing in disguise for him. It lets him get more action with the ball and everything. But I, I mean Embiid would be probably my number six on there. I just okay. I think Jokic is a little bit better than him and what he's been able to do this season. But, yeah, I mean, Steph being number one makes sense to me. I, I'm okay with kind of interchanging those three with, like, Steph and Giannis and Durant. Probably yeah. those three would be interchangeable for the most part to me for the MVP conversation. But at this point, still got a long way to go. We do. All right, let's finish it out. Your game of the week, what should people be on the lookout for betting-wise?
1: We that money line, man. Listen here, we're three and three, folks. We're coming off a win last week as the Wizards stopped that 44 point performance from Kimball Walker and they beat the Knicks' money line. And you know who hit the game winning shot? Kyle Kuzma. Look at that. <laughs> Kyle
0: Kuzma, Kuzma just hanging out and loving it. Loving it in DC.
1: So we're going to go with the Washington Wizards again for this week. I don't know how the Cleveland Cavaliers are gonna do being without Darius Garland this week, so I'm gonna go out on a limb and take the Wizards, the Washington Wizards without Darius Garland, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm gonna take money line for the Wizards out there in DC, man. I'm gonna go ahead and go yes. with Bradley Bill, Kyle Kuzma, and the boys. I'm gonna go with them over Darius Garland, less <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers team.
0: Wow. That's big. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks goes. in a row with the Wizards. i had to pick a, and then
1: I had to pick a tough. I wanted to pick a tough game because that one sure. of games that that game it was some pretty favorable. Like I think the Bucks play the Magic that day. I don't want to pick you know the Bucks. That's kind of easy, you know. But it'd be crazy <laughs> if the Magic won though. For sure, it would be okay. crazy. But I wanted to pick a game that was kind of win you some money. It's more of a straight up bet, you know.
0: Yeah. So. No, I like it. I think that's the move.
1: Wizards over calves this week. I like it. And that's going to conclude this edition of Points in the Paint podcast presented by Stadium, the number one NBA podcast. Make sure you follow us at Points Paint on Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to YouTube, and of course on Twitter. And you want to subscribe to Shams or follow Shams wherever you get Everything in terms of Twitter, NBA news, on Facebook, all around the association. He's going to give you that. He's going to be on ITA with Cam Smith with the crew for Inside the Association every Thursday. Catch sharp lessons with my man, Ben Wittenstein and Nate Jacobson for all of your betting tips. I know that college basketball is brewing, and you know, they're going to get underway for those conference games. So be on the lookout for that. Oh, yeah, I'm on the lookout, Ben. I'm on the lookout. And Tate, don't lie. Well, Michael Felder for all things football, the podcast, and you will hear from us, Zach and Ben, next week. Happy New Year.